Good morning. Good to be with y'all. At this time, I want to dismiss elementary, middle school, high school, all the schools, head downstairs to their class. As they go, uh, whether you're visiting or haven't been in a while or have been coming every week of Lent, I will remind you we are in a sermon series that we've called Thin Places, these areas of our life that it might feel often like uh, places of pain, just places where there's just not a lot of padding, you could say, uh, places where we feel vulnerable, but then also to use that uh, Celtic definition of it, these places where it seems heaven and earth are very close, where God might meet us. And the hope is in this series is to see that these places of pain and issues, they've been around a long time. We're going through Genesis to look at them, but also uh, that even in these places where we feel vulnerable and we might be struggling, maybe it is here that God is most at work. Uh, I'm excited to, to continue that this morning. But to begin, I want you to just think about this rhetorical question, but hopefully you can, something comes to mind. When you were growing up, is there a story? Can you remember a story as like the first one that, that really resonated with you? It, it stuck with you. It, it spoke to you. Maybe it's probably a book or a movie, maybe even a TV show. I don't know. But is there some story that you can remember looking back and say, man, this thing like it's speaking to me. For me, at least the first one that I can still remember was his book, My Side of the Mountain. Has anyone read that one? Yeah, we got a couple of My Sides. In it. It was, if you haven't read it, it's about this kid who runs away from his family to go live in the woods of the Cascade Mountains, and he ends up living out of this hollow tree, and he gets like a falcon for a pet that like helps him get food and stuff. It was awesome. It was awesome. It, it resonated with me, not because I was like ready to run away from my family. I was not. Uh, or wanting to be like a survival expert or, you know, really was into falconry. Didn't, none of that. None of that was really it. And yet, as I was reading this, it resonated with me and it just, it seemed to help Help me make sense of what was going on in my life and, and, and direct my future. That's kind of what stories do. And it might seem silly, but I was actually thinking back about it. This is my side of the mountain. I was thinking, man, what are some of like the big themes of that book? And it's sort of like to be able to do things on your own, how that can be powerful, to go out and like figure stuff out. And then how, how, how the wilderness, how the outdoors can help you kind of under, help you understand who you are and, and what you should be doing. And, and the other thing that was in this is like the excitement of learning new things and new skills. And I was, I was thinking about that and I was like, holy cow, this little book, I still like to do things on my own. I still go out into the woods to try to kind of clear my head. And I still love to like learn new stuff and learn new skills. That story shaped who I was in my future. Stories are powerful things. And so 
My hope is, my prayer is this morning, I say all that just to say that the invitation for you this morning and for me is we're about to read the scriptures, is for this story to be your story, to be the thing that might shape how we see our past and how we move forward. That is the power of scripture. For scripture is in fact God's story and we're allowed to let that resonate with us and have it shape us. So with that in mind, as we approach God's word, I want to uh, encourage you to pray with me. Will you guys pray with me? Lord God, as we listen to this old, old story, maybe even something we have heard many times before, I pray your spirit might work in a new way so that this story, it not only speaks to us, it resonates with us. It in some mysterious way feels like our story so that we might get swept up in what you have done and what you are doing in our life and in the world. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And so our scripture this morning, it comes from Genesis 4, the same chapter we looked at last week. And we're going to pick up uh, in verse 10, which is basically right where we left off. Um, uh, Cease mentioned the Cain and Abel story, and that's what we looked at. We looked at kind of the uh, intense parts last week, and now we're going to pick up. In verse 10, listen for God's word for each of us this morning. The Lord said, what have you done? And if you haven't heard the story before, he, uh, he murdered his brother. That's what he did. Uh, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. And so Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod east of Eden. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what we see in this story, and I just find this to be relatively fascinating, is God, he names Cain's reality, which is the, is the thin place we're going to be looking at. And it is this idea, this reality for Cain, that he is going to be a wanderer on the earth. He is not going to feel settled. He's always going to be restless. Even his own work, it's not going to ever fully give him peace and life. And this is the thin place that we're talking about. And in fact, this is the thing we just sang about. I had jury duty all week, so I didn't even know what the songs were. Uh, but it just so happened. We just sang that we are a wanderer. And this is, this is what God 
names for Cain. And I find it so interesting, though, therefore, that it is only Cain that calls it a punishment. Did you notice that? And this is why I think actually engaging Scripture, not just doing it as I often do, like as like my moral to-do list, like I need to read my chapter so I can check it off, but saying like asking questions, letting it sit with us, as Eugene Peterson says, gnaw on the bone of Scripture like a dog. Like letting it chew and, and seep into us, we actually begin to get a fuller picture of what it looks like. And, and I think it's incredibly interesting that God says, this is the way your life will be. And only Cain says, this is my punishment. You know, it might be a punishment, but that's not what God says. And, and I just think that's an important thing to name because I also believe that we are people who are destined to wander. To, to not feel at home. And I, and I say that God just names it as a reality so that you don't necessarily feel like that's God punishing you. That's just, maybe it is a punishment, maybe it's not. I don't know your story fully, but it is just to help us to see this is a reality of what it means to live in a broken world. As St. Augustine famously wrote in his confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. To be human is to feel as if something is just not quite right. I've always resonated with that. Uh, you know that hymn from Come Thou Fount, that, that line where it says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. I just, that feels true for me, and I know that feels true for so many of you. This, this idea that's like, it's not what I want, and yet I choose things in a way that separates me from God and separates me from others. In the wandering, it can feel like many things. It can, it can be as simple as just not feeling known or having a sense of place, like where we can really put down roots. It can be a lacking of peace or, or having this feeling that what will fulfill us is just always out, just out of our grasp. Like, like, a, like a mirage that we move towards on the horizon, but as we get closer, it just keeps moving just a little bit further away. This is what it means to wander. And when Cain hears that this is his fate, he protests. He says that this is just too much to bear. And what do we do? What does Cain do? What do we do when things are too much to bear? We tell stories. That's what we do as humans. We've done it as long as time. When things are hard, when things are difficult, what we do is we try to figure out a story to make sense of those things. And it's why stories can be so powerful. They help shape our future and shape our past. Uh, I literally did this on my uh, sabbatical. This was like a helpful thing. I went on this uh, three-day uh, backpacking, solo backpacking trip. And around the end of day two, I realized I was very lost. Like, 
wander, like the definition of wandering, I was like 12 miles in the wrong direction. No idea where I was. Some, depending on your interpretation of the story, would say that was punishment uh, because I was not responsible and I lost my map and I, my phone was dead. That was my wife's very clear interpretation of what had happened. Me, it just felt like the reality I was dealing with. That's all it felt like. Uh, and it was a little nerve-wracking. But the one thing, the first thing I thought of was like, wow, well, if I get out of this alive, at least it's going to be a good story. You know? That is, it's like, things might be hard, but maybe this will end up being a good story. Uh, I, speaking of scarcities, the way I got out of it was scaring the living daylights out of a woman on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Saying, hey, this is a total side note. Do you know how she knew that I was legit? I sent, I, I gave, she wouldn't roll down her window. I gave her my text, I gave her Amelia's text phone number and said, hey, will you send this to my wife? I have no idea where I am. And my wife responded, seriously, question mark? Like, oh, this is legit, this is legit. This guy's really lost. That is true. Point is, when things are hard, when things are too much to bear, we tell stories. We try to figure out how to navigate this thing. And in Genesis 4, Cain, he tells himself two stories. He tells himself two stories. And we looked at the one last week, uh, the beginning of this story. Uh, and I just kind of want to rephrase it. But the first story that Cain tells himself is, I am good and other people are the issue. That's the first story he tells him. Like when things are hard, this is what he says. It's not me, it's them. I gave a sacrifice. If other people could change how they understand things or do things differently, then life would be good. I would argue that he has already begun to wander and his story that he tries to make sense of not feeling at home, feeling rejected, is to say, it's not me, it's them. That's the first story. And then the second story that he ends up telling himself is the one that we read about today. And that is to say, I am not good enough. I'm not good enough. That this is too much for me to bear. I do not have the ability to navigate the bed that I have. Uh, I've, I'm mixing analogies, so I don't know. I don't have the ability to, to navigate this way of life. I am not good enough. And how often are these the two stories that we tell? Either I am good, it's other people. They're the ones that need to change. And then everything would be good. Then I would be at home. Or I am not good enough. Everyone else is connected. Everyone else has their place. Everyone else is feeling at home. I'm the one that doesn't feel at home. Everyone else has their purpose. I'm the one that doesn't. Everyone else is able to figure this parenting thing out, this work thing out. It's me that can't do it. These are the stories we tell to try to make sense of our wandering and yet these narratives, they don't end it. They often simply amplify it. 
They make it worse. We, we wander because we pretend we are good. And we wander because we think we are stuck with our sin. When we take these truths, and I believe they are truths. Sometimes they're, they're separate. Sometimes they're together. But I believe it is true that we are good and other people mess things up. And I believe that we are not so good. I think it's a messy little world we live in. But when we take these truths and we try to create our own stories by being perfectionists or defensive, by numbing the pain we feel with bad habits or, or making an idol of some result that we pretend will make us feel full and at peace, we only increase our wandering in isolation. We will tell ourselves stories to try and survive. But friends, what I want you to hear this morning is God is telling a better story. He's telling a better story. God's story, it doesn't have different plot points. Same plot. But when we allow God to tell it, when it's not us saying, no, I'm good enough and it's on you, or it's on, or we just tell a story of all the reasons we're not good enough and we're not worthy. When we allow God to speak those truths into our lives, we are actually able to see that there is a different ending than the one we thought was possible. And so to close, I simply want to retell this story from Genesis 4. That's all I want to do. Hopefully it resonates with you. For if you remember, Cain is somebody who believes in and worships God. He, he gives a sacrifice to God. And for some reasons which are not explained, for some reason God prefers his brother Abel's sacrifice. And it hurts Cain. It makes him feel not worthy, not welcome. And he says, it is other people's fault. The things I am feeling, they would be a way I would not feel. I would feel like I had a place and a home if other people were different. That's the story he tells himself. And it leads him to do something as horrific as kill his brother, which doesn't solve his problems. It doesn't solve his problems. It just makes them worse. It means now anything that he does with his hands is never going to fulfill him. It's going to remind him of the terrible things he has done. And, it, and when God names this and says, you are now a wanderer, he says, it is too much to bear. I am not good enough to be able to live under this kind of burden. And then God says, you don't have to. For I am with you. And I will mark you. I will mark you so that the whole world knows that I care about you. This whole thing, this whole story, it begins as God preferring Abel. And yet at the end, who does God declare that he prefers? Who does God say that he loves? Who does God say he will be with? Is it not Cain? 
Carl Bart declares the story of Cain is the first time God binds himself to a sinful man. So that whoever is against Cain is not for God, but against God. Nothing Cain thought was untrue. He isn't good enough. And if others changed, he probably wouldn't have to be so good. And yet, when he tries to write his own story, it simply leads him further away from God and further away from other people. And yet, in the Lord, those wandering narratives, they become stories of grace and redemption. To allow ourselves to hear that we are not good enough. And yet in Christ Jesus we are. That's the gospel. That is the beginning of a new life where we can be connected and find our place. And so I simply want to ask you, who is telling the story that shapes your life? Who's telling it? Are you the author of your story or are you being shaped by the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? And there are two questions that I'm going to encourage you to ask, and this is where we'll end, to check the story that we are living by and who is writing it. And, the fir- and they're straight from the text. The first question is, do you feel responsible for your brother? Do you feel like you're your brother's keeper? Or your neighbor? By brother, I mean sister, or neighbor, or spouse. That's the question that is before us in this text. Do you not say, oh, if those people were different, or if they would change, my life would be easier. But are you asking, how could I live in a way that encourages my neighbor, or my spouse, or my coworker to live as God intended them? Do you see how you are connected? And if you say, I don't see how I am connected, maybe that's a sign that you are living a story other than the gospel. And then the second question is, do you believe in the place where you deserve judgment that God has marked you with grace? In the very place where you are not enough, where life is too much to bear, Do you believe that is where God has actually connected to you and offered you a new way of life? For friends, that's not my story. That is the story of the gospel. It's what we're invited to be shaped by so that we can live a new future and be bound together in his kingdom. I hope we will choose it and be shaped by it. Will you pray with me? Jesus... To live in this world can be hard. It's hard to be a person who has to wander, who consistently feels just a little out of touch with those we're in relationship with and you, who, doesn't, who don't quite have a firm foundation to put down roots. And it is easy to try to tell ourselves our own story to make sense of that. But God, I pray that through this chapter in Genesis 4, we might see how you have entered into that reality 
and offered us a new ending. That in our the very places of sin, you have said, this is where I choose you. This is where I have decided to be with you so that you might live. God, may we let that resonate with us so that our future might be shaped in a different direction. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.